Feige, the odds. This is the Geek Confidential Podcast. Podcast. My name is Luke Kerr. Joining me today, Dan, you haven't been around for a while. Welcome back. How's it going? Pretty good. There's a whole bunch of stuff to discuss, including oh, yes. Star Wars. But the thing that I think I'll be most happy to talk about is the fact that Spider-Man is staying in the MCU, at least for one more movie, and stick it, because you didn't get him with Venom. At least yet. Who knows? We've delayed. Knows? We've the- delayed that agony by at least tw- until 2022. I- I'm just saying, there's there's a lot of game left to be played. They agreed to one movie and possible future team ups in negotiations. I like. But look how. Okay, before we dive into that, um, Mo Walker, welcome. I'm glad to be here, guys. <laughs> this should be a fun discussion. Dad, going back to this, but look how quickly that breakup lasted. If they're like, if they are already, uh, that was what, August, where they were like, everybody's walking away. Spider Man will never be in the MCU again, blah, blah, blah. And we are almost to October. We're not even to October yet. And they've already worked out a deal for another movie. I predict that the next one will make just as much money and both of them will be like, we've got to figure out a way to keep this happening. And Peter Parker will stay in the MCU. Now, whether or not we get Miles Morales with Venom and Sony's world, that is a whole different thing. But I predict that after 2021, we will continue to see Peter Parker in the MCU. Mo, what say you? You know, again, I always thought this was a negotiation, negotiating tactic on both uh, both parties' part. I I figured it was only a matter of time before both 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 companies, Sony and Disney, realized how much money they could potentially screwing themselves out of by not having Peter Parker in the MCU. So I'm 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 gonna be real with you. I feel like you know, this was probably in somebody's backpack pocket all the time. Um, perhaps maybe they just need to have a public spat to try to, you know, get one to cave. But I mean, this is a quick turnaround, especially the fact that, you know, you're talking about the next Spider-Man movie in 2021. <laughs> We're on the verge of 2020. Right, right. So, so, and then the fact that, you know, He's gonna he's gonna appear in some other Marvel film down the line. Um, you know, it could at some point they're gonna have to do another Avengers movie or something like that. Clearly, I would if I was Sony and I would be holding that out as long as you can if you can't work out a deal for additional uh, additional films in the MCU. I would wait till you know there's a new Avengers movie or whatnot before letting that go. But I do think that Sony that at some point Sony is going to pull uh pull the trigger on a live action Miles Morales, a live action Spider-Gwen. Yep. Um movie. I think I think we are totally looking at Sony pulling uh or 
pushing Miles Morales in their universe and Peter Parker being in the MCU. I, I, I think agree. that's where we're headed. Yeah, and I mean, plus they, they and there's also one other Spider character that they haven't talked about a lot. With um, though you, uh, it's, it's Jessica Drew, Spider Woman. And for those who are really who are older, uh, I never, I don't recall, I never saw that the show when it was on. But there was a Spider Woman cartoon on back in like the late seventies. Um, I, th- I think it may have been before I was born, but that is a character who I believe is part of the Sony deal, who in the comics has had ties to the Avengers for years now. Yeah, she has. So that's a, that's a character that could be mine. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what, what happens. So, Sony has definitely has a, has a lot of, um, a lot of utility players that they, they have yet to fully exploit. They've also announced this week that they're penning a Madam Web movie uh, by the people that are putting out the Morbius movie. So there are other Spider-Verse movies live action coming down the pipeline. And this is sort of kind of kicking the rock like down the road, as it were, in terms of, okay, one more movie and possible team-ups. We're probably going to have to negotiate later on. You know, I don't know. I just sort of feel... And I am in a very small island of, of that it, it to kind of do a comparison to stuff we know. This is kind of like watching two soap characters that you really like that are in a couple, but you're sick of them in a couple. Like, I feel like I'm watching Dante and Lulu or Kane and Lily or. Oh, that is no comparison. No, no oh, God, comparison no. whatsoever. I'm just saying. Um, like, I, I think. I, well, OK, I'm not bored. to go in, not to go into the weeds on this. Okay. But Dan. What? Your choice of character liking on General Hospital from which Dante and Lulu are from that you are referencing yeah. is highly suspect. And I would not, uh, I, I always respect other people's opinions, but I heartily disagree with your choice of character love. I'll leave it at that. Um, Fair enough. Uh, we, we talk about Star Wars on this podcast. I don't know that we have anybody who is like hardcore, hardcore Star Wars fans. Um, I know that I, there are Star Wars fan uh, movies that I enjoy. I tend to prefer the Star Trek universe to Star Wars. If I have to land on one of those type of uh, on in on one side in that feud, it would be for Star Trek. Um, it may also have something to do that with the fact that I, for, since as long as I can remember, I've heard Luke, I am your father, which gets fucking annoying. Kevin Feige, the mastermind behind the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is now getting his dipping his toe into. The Star Wars universe. It was announced that he will be helming a film with Kathleen Kennedy, uh, who is in charge of Lucas Films. What I also, and we'll also touch on it as we're discussing Star Wars, because it just sort of goes with the flow. There was also a report this last uh, week based on, I believe it was Iger's biography, in which he mentions the fact that... um, Lucas was not too happy about some of the developments, um, uh, some of his um, recommendations not being used in the movies after he sold the the rights to Disney. So let's dive into it first. Mo, what do you think of Kevin Feige getting a Star Wars movie 
do you think that this is basically him? There have been some who have hypothesized that this might be him event the first step in phasing him into eventually being in charge of the Star Wars universe like he is the Marvel universe. What say you? Well, first, Luke, you should have led with Kevin Foggy is dipping his lightsaber into the Star Wars universe. <laughs> but I- I'm going to let that go. But uh, that w- that is actually good. We might actually use that for um, the podcast title. But I, here's the thing: I'm I, I'm I can see this one of two ways. I mean, you know, I've read in several places. You know, Deadline, Hollywood Reporter. You know, when they broke the story that Foggy has always been a Star Wars fan. So naturally, you know, corporate synergy. You know, you can. You can see that because we've already seen a little bit of this kind of synergy between the two properties. I'm not quite ready to go there and say that he's trying to overextend. Um, It could be like literally like a fanboy just, you know, living out his desire to work on a Star Wars film like we got with J.J. Abrams. I, I just... Am not ready to pull the trigger because I mean uh, Kathleen Kennedy has been there for many many years, right? And but let's talk about her for a second, and and that's the reason why I'm curious. Solo was not well received. Rogue One, even though it is my favorite Star Wars movie by far, is very controversial. Last Jedi was very com- uh, controversial with fans. The there have been the movies have made money, but they haven't really inspired a generation the way the originals did or the way that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has done. And Disney, once they got their hands on it, was really hoping to create a behemoth the way that the Marvel movies have become with this new. Um, continuation and these new ideas. I mean, we had movies in development that were canceled and now we're ending up on Disney Plus, basically, you know? So is her legend bigger than her success is what I'm getting at? Because they've made money, but have they made as much money as a Star Wars movie should? Well, hold on. Well, first I'm going to push back on the notion of Star Wars has not been exposed inspiring a generation because how many how many children is pre this is pre-marvel watching star wars cartoons on cartoon network and i will push back on that um they just opened star wars in disney and there are already reports about how the crowd sizes no politics in this one um are not meeting expectations and targets because, and so if you invest as much money as you are into a entertainment sent like rides and all the events and things for a Star Wars world at the Disney World, like Disney World and Disneyland, and then the crowds don't show up, that means that there is a connection lost. Because if you compare that to Harry Potter, if you compare that to various other things where these things open and it's packed it may indicate that a generation hasn't done it. So like 
I get that we have the older generation, but what I'm saying is, uh, have they really connected with this generation? Well, hold up. So, Luke, I mean, you, I mean, have you talked to small children? I mean, like, I interact with small children, and they're crazy about Star Wars like they are Marvel. And now, granted, I will say that Marvel, the MCU, is much more culturally visible. When you are putting out on average, the, the, we've already had how many more MCU films this year? We've had three. Right. But that's what she's right. tried and, to and do. That's what she cur- tried to do with the solo movie and Rogue One and various other things. And those have not been as successful. But I'm but I'm my argument has always been, is, is is that I think that the, the MCU, you look at the number of characters you have to utilize uh, of IP that you have within MCU versus Star Wars, because essentially you have them more or less, except you go back to the star, um, to the original trilogy, or you want to utilize the books, which I understand the book, the old books are no longer in canon. You pretty much got to create new Star Wars characters. Okay. Um, There's tons, there's tons that can be mined from the books. True. But they've said, but they have said the books are no longer canon. So well, books right. are no they're, longer canon. You don't have that. There's but no the, longer they're no longer canon, quote unquote canon, but that doesn't mean they can't be used to provide inspiration. Correct. But my understanding is, is that they're not in canon and they, they're not necessarily They're not they're not in canon or inspiration. <laughs> yeah. That's my that's my but the but with the mark with the MCU, you've had I mean, this is Marvel's eightieth anniversary. So you're looking at 80 years of product, essentially, that Marvel can mine from. Now, granted, you know, they only are tinkering with the stuff from the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s, and, and the 2000s, basically. That's what, they, that's what these movies seem to be based focused around now, some of the more stuff in the more recent decades. But you, you look at you got a trough of characters to play from so i can understand see why you can mine that for ip more and that you can get that stuff in the public in the public domain i mean it, it, it's it, i can understand why for, for, from the perspective of star wars why it may not be culturally visible as it used to be but i still think it's still very relevant but i think i part of me also feels like you got these two behemoths and they more or less cannibalize well i would say the mcu is probably cannibalizing star wars a little bit in terms of popularity and i i just think it's a natural thing i don't necessarily attribute that to her leadership now when we get back to the subject of the last jedi okay specifically that one we you know there were a bunch of trolls attacking the, that film because it deviated from what they expected a Star Wars film to be. I think as a whole, I thought it was fine. I, I mean, I, I, I'm certainly I've rewatched the Last Jedi. I have no problems with the Last Jedi. I have no problems with um, the direction they they took from Ray. Yeah, I wish she was. Con- I wish at that point they had established her family lineage lineage as being connected to Star Wars or. or um, Obi-Wan or somebody like that, and maybe we'll get that in this new movie. I don't know, but I'm not going to necessarily say that, oh, Star Wars sucks because suddenly, you know, we've got females who are empowered and so forth and are taking up the fight. That's 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 BS. Um, now, in terms of Lord and Miller, 
on that solo movie. L- let's be real. I mean, sometimes you're just going to have problems with with people you had to direct or write or whatever. And sometimes these things blow up. Marvel films, they've had problems with directors and so forth, hiring and securing people because at one point, remember, they weren't willing to pay. Uh, when Ike Perlmutter had more control over these MCU films, they weren't willing to open up the coffers like they are now. So, I mean, these things happen. Dan, where do you come in? Uh, I'm playing the wait and see uh, method because they're just handing out trilogies and movies like they're coupons at a grocery store. Uh, You know, Dave and Dan from Game of Thrones are getting a trilogy. Rian Johnson's getting another trilogy. Now Kevin Feige's getting a movie. Okay, cool. Let's just hand out movies. It's fine. I, you know, I I don't have strong feelings because just because of how, like, in order to get through all of the movies that they've already promised, it it's it's going to be so far down the line that you know Kathleen Kennedy might not be there. Uh, Kevin Feige might not be interested in taking as active of a role who knows what's going to happen it's just i i would much rather play the wait and see method just because of how many uh movies and just various projects they've promised to various creative teams there was some other movie news this last week um jurassic park stars jeff goldblum sam neill and laura dern are returning and reuniting for uh, Jurassic World 3. Dan, are you excited for this? To be honest, I've never seen a Jurassic Park. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, this not, reaction I'm is not, great, I'm though. not That's... sure how I'm going to pivot from that. So, Mo, what is your reaction? You know, I'm, I'm curious to see how it goes. I mean, I, you know... Well, here's the thing. I, I'll give Dan some cover. Okay, remember, D- Luke, you and I are closer in age, so in the well. But 90s- here's the thing: I had to catch up on mine. Like I had to catch up oh, okay. uh, for like myself. I don't think I've I've watched like I think I may have missed one, but I've watched the others at some point. It was sort of like Indiana Jones. I had to catch up on Indiana Jones, but and Jurassic uh, Park, and so I have liked the Pratt movies. Jurassic Park itself I've watched and I enjoyed, but because it was more I watched them after the fact, not in when they were actually in theaters, I prefer the Pratt movies, but that's just me. Yeah, and so, I mean, I personally grew up going to the theater. This was one of those things you look forward to. A new Jurassic Park, uh, Jurassic Park movie was coming out in the 90s and whatnot. We enjoyed it. I'm, you know, I feel like this is the equivalent of, you know, what we got in the last two Star Wars movies. Um, and that you're bringing in the old characters with the new characters. They're going to mix it up. I'm sure a couple of the older characters are going to bite the dust. We'll see what happens. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see. I mean, I'm not, gonna, I'm not jumping up and down. This doesn't move me like uh, the Spider-Man news or uh, the Star, any Star Wars news. But I'm, I definitely think that there's nothing wrong with it. Okay. I mean, yeah. Let's talk. A, let's talk a little bit about some television. The only time that I ever really liked Marvel's Agents of Shield on ABC was when Ghost Rider was there, 
and it was portrayed by Gabriel uh, Gabriel Luna. I actually really enjoyed that arc. But as soon as he was gone, I stopped watching. So I was anticipating the Ghost Rider series in development at Hulu. This last week, it was canceled. Um, I know we don't talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. a lot on this podcast. What is, like What were your guys' reaction to this? Because I definitely preferred the television version to the film version. Well, for me, I mean, I'll, I'll say that I honestly was looking forward to this show. I've been a I've been a ride or die with Agents of Shield since the beginning. I've I'm I'm looking forward to this final season of Shield. I, I personally I was kind of hoping that Gabriel Luna's Ghost Rider would show back up. Um, and like you said, Luke, that season in which Go, um, uh, the Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider was on that was season four. To me, that was the strongest season because it had such a great through line. Um, and it's a shame that that they couldn't spin that off from the show because I, I, in fact, I kind of wish they'd done it sooner, but um, it's sort of bittersweet. My understanding is that there's a rumor that again, foggy, this is the foggy podcast that perhaps he may want to utilize ghost rider in, 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 MCU. in the MCU. That yeah. has been, that has been mentioned. Yeah. So, so, but, but and it's going to be, it's curious to see if, if, whether or not they still move forward with, with the companion show that they were going to have for Ghost Rider, which was that Damien Hellstrom uh, show. According to Deadline, Hellstrom is still a go. Yeah. So, so, but I mean, to me, it looked like it felt like they were kind of going um, some sort of Marvel Supernatural route or uh, what they used to call the Midnight Suns back in the 90s, that kind of branding with Ghost Rider and Hellstrom and some other supernatural characters. It, I felt like they were kind of slowly going in that direction, but it, I'll be kind of curious to see where, how did they pivot from this? Um, and really, I mean, it kind of also causing the question is like the non MCU TV shows, what's going to happen with them? Because, you know, uh, cloak and dagger, the second season wrap, but you know, you don't know if they're coming back for a third. Well, I would and, assume that they are just from the simple fact that they're appearing in the next season of Hulu's runaways. Well, I would assume that as well, but you know, that's that season ended. I haven't, I'm, I'm like, I've only watched half of the second season of cloak and dagger. And that season has been over, I would say a good two, three months now. And you haven't heard a peep out of what's going to happen with that that show going forward and of course I, yeah i i suspect that it will be renewed for two reasons first the fact that they're they wouldn't invest in a crossover with runaways unless they were planning on renewing or merging those two groups of characters that's the first thing so i think it will be renewed secondly freeform canceled the perfectionist this last week which was the pretty little liars spinoff and so at this point, when I look at the lineup for Freeform, there are not any, there are not a lot of like <clears throat> long running shows on there. Everything is like two years ish. And so I feel like they're going to need to keep something going if they want to actually have an anchor for their brand. But that's just my suspicion. Dan. Yes. There was news this last week that I just knew warmed the cockles of your heart. <laughs> yes. Uh, there is a backdoor pilot for Arrow. Yes. 
Catherine McNamara's Mia. Yes. Katie K- Cassidy's Laurel Lance. And forgive me because I'll probably mispronounce the last name. Juliana Harkavy's Dinah Drake. Uh, there is going to be a backdoor pilot in the final season of Arrow to see if we can get an all-female-led Arrow spinoff. I was like somewhere Dan is doing a happy dance because he's getting Laurel Lance. And while I am sitting here thinking, I wouldn't mind uh, all female lead cast like this, but I really don't want to keep watching the darkness of Star City. How did you feel about this news? While I'm excited to see a Laurel Lance, it, you know it's not my Laurel Lance. Like, my Laurel Lance died at the hands of Davian Dark, and that's always been sad. But it is cool seeing this Laurel Lance, like, grow into the character that she is. But in terms of this news itself, um, I'm I'm very excited. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic and eager to see what they do, because in order to have Mia at that age it's gonna have to be future star city so it's it's kind of jumping off of the uh flash forward points of the previous season uh with the glades and with kind of the tumultuous relationship between the glades and star city uh and that's always pretty interesting um i'm eager to see who else may jump in? You know, Renee was a pretty big component to this. So was uh, Zoe as one of the canaries. It, it, it should be it should be a good time, uh, kind of coinciding with that, with uh, the trailer that dropped for the new season of Arrow. That has a surprising amount of Thea because it was announced that Will Holland is back on recurring for Arrow for the final season. I'm like, OK, let's go. Let's let's do this. Thea has always been my favorite Arrow. Thea, character. It, Thea being back, Tommy being back. I, I, I don't have as much love for Moira. Oh, see, uh, I've liked Moira. But you anybody who's listened to my podcast for the past decade and plus knows that I like an old rich broad. So Moira coming back doesn't bother me at all. I like I I I don't mind Moira as a character, but I I always get confused about like Oliver's affection toward her because of all of that, all of the things she put the city through and him through. Like it, it it's all just a very complicated uh, situation. But I'm very excited to see the final season of Arrow. Uh, I don't know if you saw this also, Luke, but the the trailers for the Flash, Supergirl, and Black Lightning also dropped. I have. Um, I saw that they dropped. They're all very, very compelling. Like I, all I know is the pre the the link that I saw, like the the headline that I saw, or whatever the link, whatever the preview. Mel is going to be pissed if Nora's back. See, I, I, I don't, I don't think she's back, but I also know that they're messing with the timeline in a way that is like it feeds right into crisis. Right. And I'm I'm really here for that. It really makes me want to watch The Flash for the first time in like three years. Um, I the the Supergirl one is it seems fine. It, it's kind of going off of the same stuff as the previous season and the previous season was good. So that's that's fine. But that Black Lightning trailer like 
it, it's going to be a completely different show this year. Holy cow, is it different? I I'm so interested to see how how they go about this season with um with Anissa and Jennifer as like the lead superheroes. Um, I, I'm really interested to see how long they sideline Jeff like this in terms of the, the way the trailer is structured. I, I can't imagine it's going to be super long, but the way everything kind of is portrayed, it's, it's going to be interesting. Mo, what did you, what did you think of the backdoor pilot news? I'm, if, if they go the arrow 2040 route, Lord, I hope they invest in some good wigs for folks and some good makeup because, I, you know, I wasn't quite feeling the look of some of those characters when they showed up in, in um, Star City 2040. Um, the other thing that they could do is they could transport Mia back to the present at the end of the crisis on Infinite Earth crossover and have her start running around with the younger version of Laurel and Dinah. See, my thing about that is I actually liked her chemistry with Oliver's son in terms of, like, I liked their dynamic and not, obviously, their, like, yeah... The, the way oh. I, the way I phrased that was in our inarticulate. <laughs> I, I was meaning on ski, screen chemistry, not romantic chemistry. I liked the sibling dynamic that they had, um, and so I don't know that I necessarily want her jumping back in time, but that's just me. She also had really good chemistry with Connor, like her and oh, Connor yeah. Hawk. That that was. I would be very much invested in a Mia Connor uh, pairing. Maybe throw in because uh, we're going to meet this year. They cast uh, JJ John Jr. Uh, so I'm really interested to see how all of this kind of unfolds um, with the backdoor pilot, the, the new season, and all of this stuff. There was a fair amount of crisis on Infinite Earth news this last week. Michael Rosenbaum um, talked about how he will not be appearing in it. Um, I know, Dan, you weren't here last week. We touched briefly on Tom Welling and Durant's being on um, the crisis on Infinite Earth. So if you want to touch on that, because I think you have feelings, um, you're welcome to. But Michael Rosenbaum will not be returning. Ashley Scott from the short-lived Birds of Prey series will be showing up as the Huntress. Uh, we got a photo of Brandon Ruth as Superman, which was pretty darn cool, even though he was probably my least favorite of the modern cinematic Superman. Dan, I know that you probably were just geekgasming all over the place with all the news. What did you think <laughs> of all this stuff? It's good. It's overwhelming. Like, it is overstimulating to a degree that I I'm not prepared for. I didn't watch the Birds of Prey show, so I can't really comment on that other than like, wow, there's a reference. But I love um, the fact I love the fact that they're actually pulling from all of these things. It almost makes me think that we might get Hartley as Aquaman. Just me. Oh my gosh. If we get I know. No, I'm I'm totally being sarcastic. But yeah, we, I do appreciate the fact that they are willing to pull from everywhere and considering you know you know who i would love 
But considering the fact that we've already seen her on Supergirl, I would love to see Terry Hatcher as Lois Lane. Like, there, she's already worked with Berlanti. Please bring her back as Lois Lane. Please. Well, you might as well throw Dean Cain in there, too, because remember, he's already been on, he's been on the same show as well. Right, I, right. Uh, so. uh, here's my feelings about Dean Cain, though. Uh, his politics have um, sort of not necessarily soured my memory on the adventures of Lois and Clark, but um, I he is not necessarily as big of a priority. Plus, I have very fond memories of Terry Hatcher, uh, re- more recent memories of her from Desperate Housewives. So, like, for me, I'd like, I just would love to see the Lois Lane's like get together and like scheme. I feel like that would be fun. If we're going to get all these supermen, let's get some like let's get some Lois Lanes in the in the works. Well, we already yeah, I mean, we're already going to have two. So, I mean, I I don't know. I feel like I kind of worry that like when you ha- start having multiples like this of a particular character we could be headed to somewhere that's a, it's a little the foundation of this gets a little shaky um i mean but going back to um having ashley scott show up i think that this presents a very interesting and a unique opportunity because you know you have batwoman starting um ashley scott's ca- character helena kyle helena wayne whatever you want to call her whatever you want to call her last name her and Kate Kane are cousins. So that is an interesting dynamic. Um, you also have on the Batwoman show, uh, Rachel Scarston, who plays, who's going to play Alice. Remember, she was Dinah Lance on Birds of Prey as well. So I, I can see a third Dinah coming. I really have problems seeing a, a, a third Lois coming. You mean to tell me that you are going to take one of DC Comics, you are going to throw one of DC Comics' most iconic female characters under the bus for a lance? Hold on, I'm not, I'm not, I'm saying in terms of story, what makes it easier from a production standpoint is you already got Scarston already on the Batwoman, okay? It's not hard for her to play, you know, to go play Alice, just have her for episode play Down the Lance doing this crossover, then trying to go out, negotiate another contract with Terry Hatcher to have her show up at Lois Lane. Then there's going to be the politics of, well, we got Lois, we got Terry Hatcher's Lois, we, why don't we try to get Dean Cain's Clark Kent? That just, it just, I don't know, it, it just... I sort of feel like problems. neither of them are actively working. Both of them getting like g- getting an extra paycheck wouldn't be that big of a deal. Well, we know one of those characters who, who said he won't work unless they came with just. But I'll let you transition to that person. But um, I I just think that. You might, you might, hell, you might as well at this point, you might as well see if they're gonna get Shamar Moore to come back and reprise his role for Birds of Prey. I mean, well, why not? It's the CW is partly owned by CBS. There's no reason why he couldn't. <laughs> 
What did you think of the Superman photo? What did you think of Michael Rosenbaum? Because I thought Michael Rosenbaum's like just laying it out and being like, they didn't offer me a time. They didn't offer me a date. They didn't tell me what the character was going to do. And they were basically paying me no money. So I said no. But of course, he was at dealing with an ill grandfather when they approached him. So the timing was inopportune. I Rosenbaum, listen... He is my favorite Lex Luthor, period. I loved him as Lex Luthor. So I was really hoping that once we got Welling and Durant's back that we'd get Rosenbaum. To not have him is a little bit disappointing for me as a Smallville fan. I feel you on that. I'm with you on that, Luke. But I understand where he's coming from. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I perfectly, I perfectly understand how he pushed back on them. That that's fine with me. But you know, it would have been nice to have the Rosenbaum uh, Lex Luthor interact with the John Cryer Lex Luthor. Right, John Cryer is been... John Cryer is good, but those are two way different types of Lex Luthor. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, Cryer <laughs> is a scenery chewer in a good way, where. Rosenbaum was lethal and I think we're having this discussion and as we're having this discussion I'm remembering that Dan has never watched Smallville so has no clue what we're talking about am I remembering this correctly you're remembering this correctly I've seen clips though like he he's always been like a very visible figure within Smallville um I I don't blame him one bit you know they're not like if they're not offering x y and z and it's an inopportune time there's no like there's no point I, I i mean it is what it is now with supergirl kind of being on a different earth and her having like that um interdimensional button thing that cisco made her we could easily do the whole thing again just maybe tie it off with supergirl superman type situations um but yeah no there's no reason we we can't like he can't do like this isn't the only opportunity that'll come so long as Supergirl is still on the air. You know, I who knows what the future holds. I they've already talked about um uh a, a Supergirl Batwoman team up. You know, that'd be awesome. Yeah, you know, these individualized team ups are bound to happen. There's no reason it can't be Smallville and Supergirl. It We'll see. So, I don't actually think that Rosenbaum's Lex Luthor would work on Supergirl. Because I think Cryer's works because... How do I put this? There is an element of camp to Supergirl Mm -hmm. that Rosenbaum (laughs) does not do as Lex. Cryer does it perfectly. I could see Rosenbaum on Arrow. Like, I could see Rosenbaum. Like, if you were to tell me that Rosenbaum was the Arrowverse, like, their world, not Supergirl's, Lex Luthor, it would make complete sense to me. But I cannot see him as the Lex Luthor in Supergirl. I can't see it, but I can see it in a crossover. Like I like for Infinite Crisis, I can see him being there and having an element from a world and it totally working. I just can't see him, his Lex, in Supergirl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, think, just thinking about you know his version of Lex 
will be going on these sort of Shakespearean diatribes and so forth, you know. And Cryer's just eating everything alive. Yeah, live. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean... Olivier versus something else, possibly. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the new TV shows that we have watched. We actually had a request on Twitter for someone uh, by a listener to follow up on our Carnival Row. Mo, were you able to watch the entire first season? Because if not, I have and I can talk about it. But like I would be interested in getting your opinions if you've been able to watch more of it. I've only gotten up to the fourth episode. Okay, so. Well, I was not as kind as I uh, regarding the pilot as I because I was sort of disappointed. I thought it went too slow. But I will say this about Carnival Row. Carnival Row when you get through the entire series is a very satisfying engaging series. It amped up. It left me wanting to know more about what's going to happen in the second season. I thought that they actually executed it really well. And I believe on the podcast when we discussed the Carnival Row pilot, I was like, well, it's the pilot. Sometimes the pilot can be a little bit different than the actual series. And so I was going to give it a chance. And I'm glad I did because I really enjoyed it. I also watched The Dark Crystal, the entire series. I love The Dark Crystal. It was wonderful. It was just this perfect, soul-soothing story. Like, I never watched the original movie that this is the prequel for so like having no knowledge of anything of it I just loved it it was completely adorable it was cute and yet the way they incorporated the action and CGI with the puppetry was really good so if you have not watched it, I would highly encourage you guys to do so. Um, last podcast, we talked about what everybody was looking forward to. Mo, now that some of the shows have premiered, which ones were you able to watch and which ones have stood out for you so far? Well, I will say that Emergence really, really stood out for me. It was a very strong pilot. Um, it, I love the fact that you, from jump, you understood the family dynamic. Um, you could feel, even though the central, uh, well, um, the central, uh, couples are, well, they're not a non-couple now that they're two exes trying to figure out how to co-parent and everything. Um, you can still feel like there was chemistry between them two and you can see how they were a couple and you kind of want to root for them. It's, it, I thought it was a very, very engaging first episode you got a a look enough of a tease of what's going on it kind of hooks you i thought the actress who played the uh little girl well they they call her piper in the show i thought she was brilliant i i mean in terms of child actors go just kudos to her i also watched evil i i'll be honest i thought evil was a bit of a slow burn for me uh, I like the chemistry between Mike Coulter's David and uh, I'm tr- I'm blanking on the name. Oh, of you the know, co-star. I didn't watch this, so don't ask me. <laughs> look, look, I say, look, um, there were some parts of it where you needed to leave the light on. But I'll tell you, they had and this is a spoiler. They had a demon, a supposed demon in this pilot episode that appeared in one of the characters dreams. And I swear to God, this this demon 
looked like the Green Goblin from the Tobey Maguire oh, <laughs> Spider-Man <no>. movie. <laughs> oh, boy. So, I mean, that kind of took me out of it. But um, I will say, um, and I am I am suffering from some Luke-itis today with these names. Um, this cannot... Now, listen, if you're going to do this on every <laughs> podcast, it's Mo-itis. It's not Luke-itis. No, 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 no. Uh, but... Uh, the guy who played and and uh, he was on Personal Interest. He played Benjamin Linus on Lost. Anyway, he was also in the pilot of this. He was creepy. I mean, he was just channeling some some Benjamin Linus from Lost. Oh, he's and, all he's he plays a villain very well. Yeah, I mean, he didn't on Personal Interest. Um, and and but I will say that I hope to see more of his character. As evil progresses, it really is a slow a slow build for me. Um, I also watched, um, well, in terms of returns, I watched the first episode of the the final season of The Good Place, which it just really kind of just came back true to form. If you are a fan of the camp, and you're talking about a show with camp, I mean, with literal demons and campiness around people flying and so forth in their supposed afterlife, you know, um, it's definitely the show for you, but I would suggest that you watch the previous, um, seasons of this show. So you kind of, kind of understand what the stakes are going into this final season. I thought the acting was superb. Um, Ted Danson is always great on the good place. It's it's really one. I would say it's it's probably my favorite network comedy right now. Dan, I know that you focus more on the Arrowverse, but were there any newer returning shows that you checked out this last week? Uh, yes, I watched the uh, the season premiere for the second season of Single Parents. I thought it was really cute. Uh, they picked up where they left off. It was really funny. They dealt with a lot of the relationship issues that. Um, the the finale of season one uh, kind of dealt with, um, and it was a it was an entire episode where the kids were away, and only until the very end did they return, basically from their camps or from their visits with relatives or you know all sorts of different stuff like that. Uh, I really enjoyed it, um, but that's that's kind of it. Okay, well, Mo, I um, last podcast i had said emergence was basically the one that i was looking forward to second most i didn't actually get a chance to watch this last week i work from home and i've had a ton of stuff going on so there's some shows that i can watch while i work and take it in and absorb it and then there's other shows that i feel like i want to be on the couch just my entire focus on that show and from the trailers of emergence i felt like emergence was going to be that show so i didn't get a chance to actually watch it i want i'm wanting to this week and um hopefully we'll be able to talk i'll be able to talk more about it next time i watched bluff city law i'll give it another episode not a huge fan i'm a, i do enjoy legal dramas but it will be really interesting to see how the familial dynamic plays out because that is the bigger interest to me than the actual court cases so we'll see i watched all rise all rise was was fun i'm not like they set up the premise well i'm just not sure i understand quite all the dynamics and like some of them were over the top and some of them were more subtle and i'm like 
it was enjoyable. I'll definitely be watching more, but I'm a little confused if that makes sense. Um, Bob and Abishola, Hearts Abishola, love Abishola, not so much Bob, will not be watching it again. I tried the unicorn. That was cute. I'm not sure how long the premise is sustainable, but I'm going to give it a few more episodes, see how it sort of evolves. Those were the ones that I primarily watched of the new shows. I still have some on my DVR to get to this weekend, but for me, those were um, the ones that I actually had a chance to watch of the new shows. The returning shows, oh, I want to pause for, like, not pause for a second in terms of pausing the podcast, but I do want to take a moment to give a shout out to Suits, which ended its series run. Suits has been one of my favorite dramas for years, and it ended on what for it a perfect note and you always get worried about favorite series and how they end because some of them will nail the landing some of them won't it did i'm going to be very sad to see it gone um anything else the final thought dan as we wrap this up uh i'm just really looking forward to the returning of the cw shows uh riverdale released another trailer looks exciting and you know all of those arrowverse shows that we talked about Mo, final thought? My final thought is, like you, I want to give a shout-out to Killjoys that wrapped up um, about a week ago on Sci-Fi. Very fun show. Um, that you didn't necessarily need to understand the plot. You just had to go with the, go with the ride. The characters were really fun characters that you want to spend 45 minutes each week with. And I'm going to miss that show. I'm going to miss the show, but I have to say the final season was a bit of a disappointment. The char- All the characters I love because of the fact that like the actors have made characters so engaging. But the plot of this story, this season was very bloated in terms of time wasted. And I feel like there could have been a number of episodes that could have other with in which other stories could have been told that would have furthered the story, if that makes sense. No, no, no. I agree with you. They they stayed in prison a little too long for me. I, well, I totally agree with you. And there was a little bit too much time. Yeah, we won't dive into it because I don't we want. Can... I don't. I don't want to like rip a show that I enjoyed yeah. in its final season, but. It, it's sort of like Killjoys in the first three seasons was a show that like I would be paying close attention to this last season. It was like <clears throat> it sometimes there are soap operas that are not so great that you can just have sort of on as background noise. There were a couple episodes of Killjoys this last this final season that were background noise type episodes. I'll mm-hmm. just leave it at that. Um we encourage you to comment on this episode at geekconfidential.com. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash gkconfidential. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash gkconfidential. You can find Dan on Twitter at realdanpierce. Mo is at drmo77, and I'm at luke underscore Kerr. We thank you for listening. Until next time, so long. Bye, everybody. Oh, wait, wait, pause. I, th- I The one that I enjoyed the most, and I have it on my screen in front of me, Stumptown. I loved it. That's it. We'll oh talk God. about it. We'll oh talk about God. it more. I loved it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yes. I guess we'll talk about it more next time. So long. Oh. Bye.